Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. This week, we are talking about a topic I know nothing about, which is parenting and specifically how to give yourself a little grace as a parent during this pretty crazy time. So I am going to turn over to the parents of this podcast and talk a little bit about how they're coping in these crazy corona times. So parents, (laughs) what do you have to say for our fellow parents out there? It's not well. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, we feel like we've been on a roller coaster of mostly good and okay days, some rough days sprinkled in, and I feel like we should give... Wait, and thunderstorms. (laughs) Yeah, a few thunderstorms. (laughs) Uh, But I feel like it is interesting how it really is like a microcosm of what normal parenting looks like. But like Ooh. on drugs, like it just is like everything's more intense. Everything's more like the good times are really good. The bad times are really bad. And so yeah. I feel like when you have those extremes, you you get a lot of information about who you are and who your kids are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I was really curious to talk about this topic because what I have realized personally going through lockdown is that my emotions have been all over the place, to be honest. So very up and down, quite a roller coaster. And I have these moments where I think, thank goodness I don't have children. (laughs) Because I don't know how I would be able to manage my own emotional experience and at the same time be attempting to help co-regulate the emotional experience of a child. So any ideas? Yeah, yeah, about that. (laughs) No, I do feel like we are learning as we go. And I think what's profound to me is as parents, we sometimes make it a little more complicated than it needs to be. When we go down to the base needs of what our kids need, when I'm really focused on those, I'm doing okay. When I get Mm -hmm. caught up in the the external expectations that really are my expectations for parenting, that's when I'm Mm. in the danger zone. Yeah. And so for me, staying focused on what are my important values as a parent, what can I let go has been key. You know, I feel like we have worked really hard to have a schedule for our family Mm. and that's been really important. And we also have been, I don't know, letting a lot of things go that we normally wouldn't let go. Mm. So who's so, giving a face? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think what things we've been letting go. Well, I feel like uh, our high academic standards, we're like, some stuff online, cool. We're probably good. You yeah. know, whereas I think in normal times, we would be way more kind of checking in on them more. But I'm, I'm just trusting that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Their teachers are signing. Mm. And we're, I don't know, Kus and I are really careful about screen time. That's a a thing that we're really careful about. Yeah. So for us, for, you know, a teacher to say, your kids are going to be on 
a computer for three to four hours a day is like mm. my worst nightmare. You know, we've been as screen free as we possibly can be. And so it's been a hard adjustment for me in that way to say, no, mm -hmm. this is a good thing. The screen time is good for them. But with that question of like, but is it? Is this really? Mm. And, and knowing that this isn't maybe the best way to learn for my kids all the time, but it's the best we can do right now. Mm. I wonder if there'll be pushback from the kids whenever it is that the world returns to normal, you know, mm. in inverted commas, and they go back to school. And you want to go back to 30 minutes of screens a week or whatever it was that you used to uphold as a boundary. I wonder whether after this many hours of screen time, they'll really push back on that. So I think before we get there, I also want to acknowledge that this is what works for us. There mm. might be times for other families where you do need to let your kids be on the screen more than you, you know, your ideal limit mm -hmm. but you have to work right yeah mm -hmm. and they need to be entertained mm -hmm. so yeah i think overall our message is grace for the parents grace for the kids grace for other parents you know everyone is trying to do their best and mm -hmm. when you look at if a client were to come in a few months before all this happened and told me i am working full-time i am homeschooling my children i am uh, living kind of a bizarre life where I don't leave my house, I would mm. be like, this is a recipe for a mental health crisis for sure. And yeah. why wouldn't that be, you know, um, coping mm. skills are gone. Community is gone. It's, it takes a village to raise a kid, but what happens when the village is not accessible, you know? Yeah. And so it really is a recipe for some mental health crisis. And I would say, you know, the thing I really want to focus on today is, there is no way that parents aren't being triggered to their trauma if they have some. And I think mm -hmm. most people have some <laughs> um, either, you know, big traumas like an event or little traumas, um, you know, little traumatic things that have happened. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a whole group of triggered parents trying to parent well, you mm -hmm. know, to use parent as a verb, um, I think that also is another recipe for potential crisis. Yeah. And I think, you know, to make matters worse, what adds to that is, is this ridiculous situation where we can't really get away from our triggers, take some space, mm -hmm. take some time out. So you're not only are you being triggered as a parent and your children probably as well are getting triggered and, and yet you can't take the space away from each other, go do your own thing. I mean, of course you can take a walk, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of parents who normally, if they're being triggered, would be able to go and meet up with their friend, do their mm -hmm. own thing, go out to a cafe, whatever it may be. And now they just have to remain triggered and stay with mm -hmm. their family and try and manage that all. Yep. And I would say, you know, my caseload, I have a lot of people that I wouldn't normally be worried about that are working through their stuff, but in a really helpful way who have reached crisis point in the past mm. few weeks. And yeah. so, um, you know, I think it always reminds me that all people, every single one of us, we're fragile in a lot of ways. You know, mm -hmm. there's, we are strong, we're capable, we can move through our pain and we're also fragile. You know, our bodies can 
betray us, you know, our minds can betray us sometimes. And not that we don't need to trust our bodies and our minds, but, you know, sometimes people who are really healthy get cancer. Sometimes people who are doing all the work they can to be mentally stable and healthy, you know, feel depressed or depressed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just, for me, my compassion is growing for myself. Um, Mm. and, and for others seeing that this is kind of an impossible order. And if it were for a short amount of time, great, we can dig our heels and undo it. But I do think I'm working very hard to say this is not normal. This is not how we've been raised to be in the world. And so I can't be expected to be model parent of the year. I can't, my, my expectations for parenting have to change because the environment has changed. I think what you said just now was very important to note that it is a million times harder because there's no end in sight. You don't know when it's going to end, mm-hmm. right? Like with running a marathon, you know, okay, 26.2 miles later, I'm mm-hmm. done. I can stop running. The pain is With over. this, you just, you just, yeah, you just don't know when mm-hmm. this is going to mm-hmm. end. And I would say for us, we started it with a lot of adrenaline, you know? I think most mm-hmm. people are like, okay, this is crazy. We're going to buckle down. We're going to do this. We got this. And as the weeks wear on... You're like, well, the adrenaline is gone, and now I have um, to keep going, but I don't have that yeah. adrenaline to power me through. You know, the, yeah. the caffeine hides over in a way, you know? Absolutely, and I think also definitely from just parents that I know and what I've seen online, it seemed like there were a lot of parents who came out the gates running and, and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this is such an opportunity for me to, like, give my kids the homeschooling experience of the year and there was all of these why are you looking at me (laughs) sam are you judging me this openly i was like wow these parents they're really like grabbing the bull by the horns but then uh, you know as time has gone on it has really been this you know no one can keep this up and right and it seems exhausting for a lot of people i think they're realizing hang on how long is this to Chris's point, like, mm-hmm. we don't know when this is over. How long is this going to go on for? And mm-hmm. what can I sustain in my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, we have to look at, well, I feel like there's these two parallel things going on that seem like they're opposites, but they aren't. Um, mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, Kus and I read this article. I can't remember who wrote it, but it said the kids are not okay. And there was a whole mm-hmm. article about how a lot of kids are hitting the wall and they are, they are just freaking out and, um, losing it. They're just not okay. And we were at on a week where we're like, man, this has been great for our family. Our kids are getting along well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually reduced the stress in our life to have the kids at home and to do homeschool. And this might be what we do forever. This is great. And so when we read that article, we were p- feeling pretty smug and judgmental. <laughs> we're like, well, our kids are doing great. And so you know, then a couple weeks later, we had a really rough week where we were just, we're exhausted, you know, mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically exhausted. And we're snappy, you know, we're not our best self. And mm-hmm. when the whole family's feeling that, you know, um, I also read somewhere that they called it what they call it, their hell zone. Like you'll have a couple of days where you're like, I'm great. This is fine. Totally normal. And then you'll have a really bad day and you just aren't functioning mm-hmm. well. And your hell days never line up with anyone else's hell days. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that in our family a little bit. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm having a rough day. Everyone else is fine. But then, you know, we kind of pass off to one another. Yeah. And I think what I want to pick up 
from what you said there is if the kids aren't okay, and we talked about this a little bit before we jumped on to record this, how is it that parents can, I guess, acknowledge their Mm -hmm. own kids, you know, anxiety, massive feelings, what might be going on for them and, Mm -hmm. and talk about it in a way that's helpful during this time. Mm-hmm. I think something that's worked for us, actually, you know, even though we really like schedule, doing something that's not following the schedule was great. For example, you know, instead of solo study time and it's nice out, we'll just say, let's go take a walk. Mm. And during those walks, we're able to just think and talk to each other mm. um, and acknowledging what everyone's feeling, sharing what we're mm-hmm thinking about those have been really good for us. I think one thing I've been surprised about that I want to remember from this time is both at work as I work as a therapist and as a parent, when I've gotten very exhausted where I'm just spent burning the candle at both ends, I have noticed that I become a better listener. My Mm. mind isn't racing towards what I think about things But instead, it really is able to be curious about, you know, to my daughter, what do you think about this? And then just to listen, because in the past, I think I'd be like jumping, you know, she'd say something and I would jump on and be like, what about this? Let's, you know, kind of piece it together, work it out. And now I'm able to listen better. And so I'm noticing how that's one positive I want to take away that um, I don't need to be as aggressively... uh, (laughs) solving other people's problems with them (laughs) (laughs) that I'm a better therapist, a better mom, better partner when I practice better listening. Mm. So thank you, exhaustion. I owe that one to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's such an underrated skill listening, you know, and yet we know that one of the primary needs of every human being is to feel seen and heard, Mm -hmm. but nobody not nobody, but it's often hard for us to give each other the time and space and listen so that people do feel seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. I would say another big thing we've been doing is we've been talking to our kids about um, asking them, would you let us know when you're having big feelings? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think it's really been working out well. Where, you know, our son, he's kind of the heart center of our family. He's, he has, you know, big emotions. He is so loving, so in tune, notices things that we maybe don't notice. And he will say, you know, I'm having big feelings and come crying and he just needs the hug. And we kind of talk through it for a minute and then he's fine. And, you know, one example I'll give is um, we have a big update. The bongs are moving. Austin, Texas. You guys just thought, you know, during a global pandemic, great idea would be to sell our house and move. Let's reduce some stress and <laughs> move across the country. That was our plan. You just thought, there is no stress in this situation. Uh-huh. Can I add a little? <laughs> so the person having the biggest feelings is our son, eight-year-old. And mm. when we first told him, he was just a wreck. He was broke. We were like, oh my gosh, we broke our son. This is so sad. And he just wasn't okay and just crying every day, so upset, thinking about his friends that he has to leave. Totally fair. And we that's when we kind of gave him that rule. Like, anytime you're having big feelings, just come let us know and we'll sit with you in those big feelings. And you can tell us about them or not talk, you know, not talk, just 
be with them. And mm. today at dinner, he said, you know, I feel like I've, I'm feeling better about moving. Mm. And we can, we know it's because he's been allowed to have these outlets, have these moments of falling apart and we just sit there and we're okay with it. Yeah. And so I think I look at my own life and say, man, I wonder if I got a little bit better about sitting and being with my emotion, it would drain some of the the stress or the pain of it. Mm. And I mean, I know that's true, but to see it play out, um, yeah, pretty powerful. I think so often, you know, we have that phrase or that in our minds that time heals, but I think it's so mm. much more than time. It's not really right. time. It's that permission to feel how you feel. And mm -hmm. it's talking about it heals. It's sitting with it heals. It's getting a hug heals. Like it's not just the time itself. It's everything you're doing with that time to just accept that difficult emotion. Mm -hmm. I would say that's the whole point of this entire episode is we are all doing well and we're all doing poorly. You know, mm. we are bouncing back and forth from health to to sickness, mentally, physically, in all the ways, socially. And that makes sense. You know, to be mm. all over the place matches what's going on in our world. Yeah. And so if we are being critical of feeling the way we feel, we're going to get stuck there. We're going to get stuck in kind of a self-abusive relationship, you know? And yeah. so really... For parents, it's almost, it is more important that you are aware of how you're feeling and that you're expressing it and you're understanding it and you are spending time with those feelings. That's going to make you parent better and be more present with your child than any kind of, you know, behavior tip to give your child or instruction on how they should be, you know? Yeah, definitely. It models to them how we are with our feelings how we are with these big emotions. And that to me is the gold of this whole messed up situation, you know, <laughs> is to say my mom, my dad, my caregiver, they were upset and they showed me how they moved through it. And mm. I felt safe, you know, I felt mm. safe expressing my emotions because I knew how to do that. And yeah. that's going to create massive connection with themselves and with the family. And that's yeah. all, that's, that's what we're all needing. We need connection so deeply and so badly. And this whole crisis brings that to the surface. Yeah. So for the parents who might have kids that are struggling with anxiety, for example, what, what, are, <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> Anxious? Um, what are some questions that they could ask their child to, to start I don't know, getting their child to be curious or look into their own anxiety. Like how can you talk about anxiety with a child in a helpful way? One thing that I like doing with uh, our son, which I think is very endearing, is that I would tuck him in mm. and I would lay down, I would lay down next to him and I'd say, okay, bud, what's in your mind? <laughs> And then he'll say, oh, I don't know, nothing. It's like, okay, well, let's think about it. And then out of nowhere, the floodgates opened up and everything comes out. 
which is really interesting that it would come out before bedtime. Like during the day, he would be very playful, doing creative things, you know, doing sports. But I guess, you know, like maybe, you know, during bedtime, his mind kind of feels like, okay, well, it's time to surface all these things and maybe he, he feels safe and feels okay to share now. There's been a space created though, and a yeah. container. Now there's a rhythm that this is this is when we do this. Yeah. We pay attention to these things. I think just create creating a space for it, creating space and time for it. Mm-hmm. And it it might be different for you know different kids. Like it might be during your breakfast with them or whatever. But with our son, I find that it works best when I tucked him in uh, for mm-hmm. bedtime. I would say the opposite is true for our daughter. We have been going on walks two or three times a week for about an hour. And during these walks, she is just processing all the things. Out it comes, mm-hmm. she's talking, she's chatting. And sometimes it starts with kind of just chatter, chatter, chatter. But then I think about it. When do I give her an hour of my undivided attention? You know, just her. And yeah we have created this rhythm where if we haven't gone on a walk in a couple of days, she will come say to me, um, I'd really like to go on a walk today. Is today going to work? Can we make that happen? And so she's identified that this is really helpful to her to have an hour of my undivided attention. And we're doing something, we're going for a walk, we're noticing what's around us. Um, But it's become maybe my favorite part of the whole pandemic because we've gotten so much closer because there's this blank space. There's no expectation. You know, I don't have to run her to soccer practice. We don't have to get in the car and make dinner. You know, there's just so much space right now. Um, and so I will say on the same, you know, flip the, that same coin over. And there are times when I'm like, if she asks me to go on a walk, I will lose my mind. hundred <laughs> percent do not want that hour of connection. You know, yeah. like, so it's just tricky. So in those moments, I'm like, of course, I don't want that. I want alone time. That makes sense. Um, mm. But I think it's not judging that. I feel mm. really connected to my daughter because of these walks. And I also feel really disconnected to myself sometimes because, uh, you know, again, I'm a full-time worker. I'm a full-time uh, homeschool teacher now, full-time parent. And, mm. you know, the other day I went to the grocery store and when I was in the car, I thought, man, my kids would be in school right now. And Mm -hmm. I'd probably go home and take a quick nap before I pick them up. That's what I normally do on Wednesdays. And Mm -hmm. instead, I'm going to go home and check on their homework. And I'm going to go home and, you know, go straight into family life and have no breaks or pause. And of course, that's going to affect us deeply. Yeah. So for the parents who might be listening, You've probably already mentioned it, but if we had to wrap this episode with you, I don't know, just giving parents a message or telling them something that you need to hear as a parent, what would you say to the fellow parents who might be finding this time challenging? It's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard. And it should be hard in the sense the world is not what we know it to be. You know, we have so much taken away as parents. If we just look at the identity of parent, we don't have support that we usually have. We don't have the community we usually have. 
we have no space and time to process, you know, how we're feeling and thinking. I don't know of one parent that I've talked to who hasn't been pretty impacted. And Mm -hmm. I especially want to give a little shout out to the people who had really hard childhoods. I am just noticing across the board that, you know, think about everyone's eating their childhood foods right now. You know, everyone's doing, we talked to an old episode about this. We're all kind of going back to our childhood comforts and for kids, you know, adults who had rough childhoods, this is reminding them of how unstable their childhood was and how maybe scared or insecure they felt, um, Mm. how unsupported they felt. And when you're triggered, there it is. It it brings to the surface and there's Mm. no hiding from it. There's no hiding from these triggers. And to have to process all of that while you're parenting, mm. that's heavy. That's intense. Yeah. And so, again, what does it look like to change your expectations of what's actually expected of you right now? Mm. You know, not in normal times, but in, in lockdown parenting world, what's actually expected of you? And everything that's not expected goes out the window. You know, if you don't want to have time to Zoom all your distant relatives with your kid, (laughs) let that go. You know, if you want to have um, pasta and jarred spaghetti sauce every day for a week, I bet your kids are going to be fine with that. Like, let the cooking Mm go. Let, you know, let things be easy um, on the task side of things so Mm -hmm. that you're creating more space to emotionally process what's coming up for you. Yeah. Because it's exhausting, you know, as we've mm-hmm. said before, mm-hmm. all of these emotions that people are feeling and and that kind of the double-edged sword of anxiety mm-hmm. in that anxiety often prevents people from being able to sleep and we know mm-hmm. also that lack of sleep <laughs> is the number one thing driving anxiety through the roof. Oh, so my word. Right. it's kind of like this, you know, horrific thing where I think all of us, but definitely parents, this need more rest than we probably think we do right now for that emotional regulation. I would say, allow yourself to be exhausted. You know, just notice, allow yourself to say, I'm exhausted. I absolutely am not going to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, um, I'm going to tell my kids, watch another show. I'm going to go take a nap. If you have, you know, if you're able to, if you have kids who are able to monitor themselves. So, you know, you have special needs kids. That's even harder. You've got young kids, babies. Oh my word. Right. So hard. But is there anything you can eke out any type of space that you can claim for yourself? Um, Mm -hmm. That's the power tool. That's the thing that's going to be most helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Exhaustion is real. You need time to process emotion. And what's tricky right now is that at the end of the day, you put your kids down for bed. You just have zero capacity to process emotion because you're already exhausted. (laughs) It's the last thing you want to do is to talk to your partner about hard things. You just want to say, let's turn on TV and watch something. Numb out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not speaking, of course, of our relationship, but we're just (laughs) assuming people might be feeling this way. We joke that I, we've had days where we're like, are we more roommates today than anything? I am, <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful that every week I have an hour for me to see my therapist to talk about this. Mm-hmm. 
And speaking yeah. of ther- therapists, you know, for Lindsay and all the therapists, mental health workers out there, it's a hard job to be carrying mm-hmm. everyone else's burden and to also be experiencing the same situation yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Completely. So, mm-hmm. which is what I talk to my therapist on every week, <laughs> Thursdays at 11. Goodness, everybody has a therapist. <laughs> yeah. A couple weeks into the Corona stuff, I told my therapist, I'm going to take a break while I figure out the homeschool thing, my kids being home. A week later, I was like, Jenny, take me back, please. I need this. I had no idea. I was being (laughs) foolish. Take me back. (laughs) So I do think, you know, that is, if you're able to reach out for mental health, please do it. You know, whatever you can do, that's been a game changer for me. I cannot tell you how all week long, I'm looking forward Thursdays at 11 with Jenny. Um, mm. just to ha- have my space, to have my time to say, I'm going to process a little bit of this with you right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I imagine that Jenny's seeing her therapist and that her therapist <laughs> is seeing her therapist. <laughs> <laughs> the circle of life in therapy world. <laughs> yeah. And you were talking about like everyone's hell days are never aligned. Mm-hmm. So like even if I feel like, okay, tonight I'm going to talk to Lindsay about something. Mm. It might be her hell day. And she might be like, uh-uh, hell no. I cannot nope, handle, can't handle one more thing. <laughs> Deal with your own emotions, fool. So while we might not have the fix, I think a big part of healing is just acknowledging this is challenging. This is so hard. Mm. And, you know, no one signed up for this. No one, you know, wants this. No one is um, not affected by this. Mm. And what do you have to do to maybe not be your best self right now, but to be your okay self, you know, and to know that there'll be space and time to be your best self later. And so, you know, release those expectations of being the most amazing homeschool parent, the most, you know, healthy, nutritious cook in the kitchen, the most, you know, the most, whatever, maybe just be like an 80% parent right now. (laughs) Once again, we're encouraging you to lower the bar, people. Lower the bar. <laughs> Should we rename the podcast that? Take lower a walk, the bar. lower the bar, take a breath. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think you're infinitely loved. That you know that message is it's done. It's just let's just call it lower the bar. <laughs> I know we're joking, but really, so much of self love is is this is saying: mm. Are the expectations I'm holding myself to realistic? Are they healthy? You know, will they make my life what I want it to be? Mm. So for me right now, I am craving peace. I'm Mm. craving connection. I'm craving Mm. quiet (laughs) brain, mind, soul, actual physical house, quiet. Mm. Um, And so it's even noticing those are things that I'm needing right now. And what do I have to do to get to those feelings more so than how do I orchestrate um, my child to, you know, uh, behave well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think I would love to leave the listeners with a little something you said before we started recording this episode, Lindsay, which was to all the parents out there, if you judge yourself less, you actually have more space to connect with your children, Mm -hmm. which I think is a pretty powerful idea. You know, we spend so much time in 
self-judgment and self-criticism. And particularly for parents, there seems to be such a strong bond to that emotion guilt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm constantly coaching parents through guilt about everything that Mm -hmm. they're not doing for their child. And I think you're right, Lindsay, you know, if they, if we focus on the basic foundational needs of our kids right now, it's connection. And a lot of that space for connection will be opened up if you just stop judging yourself. Right. And guess what? You will be less judgmental of your kids when you're judging yourself less. So the kids win here too. (laughs) (laughs) We're all winning. Everyone wins. (laughs) Look how self-compassion works. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Well, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. If there is anything that you are struggling with during this time, we would love to hear from you. You can jump on over to our Instagram page at You Are Infinitely Loved and leave us a message and we can record an episode for you. Or you can hop over to our website, youareinfinitelyloved.com and send us an email. We are always here to talk about the things that you want to talk about and serve you in any way so please let us know what's on your mind thank you for listening to this episode our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved if you want to continue this conversation you can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com